Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Welcome, welcome, welcome to this installment of Rated LGBT Radio, and yes, I'm your host, Rob Watson. Um, Thrilled to be here today. We have an incredible show lined up for you. We have the one, the only, Sophie B. Hawkins waiting on deck to come out and talk to us. Um, Sophie has a brand new album. It's the first new album from her in a decade called Free Myself. I cannot stop listening to it. It is an incredible piece of work. Um, The lyrics just completely reach in and take you through a path of self-examination, the examination of your relationships, and um, everything else in between. Um, uh, Plus, it is just incredibly great music, um, melodically, musically, you know, and and all the textures that um, make it up. So we're going to talk about that in depth. Sophie has shown an uncompromising devotion to her singular truth consistently in her career. She's endlessly transcended boundaries, and she's offered up new ways of experiencing the world around us. Um, In the 90s, she hit the scene and had her mega, mega hit, Um, but also she turned heads by declaring herself to be omnisexual. Um, And at the time because especially at that time, everybody was busy putting people in boxes. Um, a lot of people scratched their heads as what that meant um, and just kind of threw her into the, oh, you must be gay box. Um, but she embraced concepts that we are just now being able to understand and live. And her new album, uh, Free Myself, really underscores the theme of authenticity and taking the freedom to be you, as you are, and how you want to be seen. Um, so, it, again, Sophie's talent taps into the same passion-filled storytelling and colorful um, eclecticism uh, that inspired her original 1992 platinum-selling album, uh, Tongues and Tales. Um, and this album has been incredibly long-awaited. And it is available now, and we'll talk more about where you can go get it, but you, you absolutely need to. Every single song on it is worth it. Um, and we'll be talking about some of the key songs as well. Um, but before we do that, we do need to touch base with the news. And on deck to take us through the news of the day is Brody Lebec. Brody is the co-host of the show, and he is also the chief editor of the Los Angeles Blade magazine. Um, That is the magazine that won the prestigious GLAAD Excellence in Journalism Award. Um, It is also the daily online publication that you should be checking out every day, this daily. Um, Always news stories, always original journalism, and without sensational clickbait hype. Um, And with that, find out what's going on today here is Brody 
Hey, Rob. Good afternoon, good morning, or good day, depending upon where you are around the globe. Um, A couple of things I wanted to cover. Today in San Francisco, uh, the city remembered U.S. Senator and former mayor of the city of San Francisco, Dianne Feinstein. Uh, The senator's body uh, was lying in state in the rotunda of City Hall, uh, and literally tens of thousands of San Franciscans and others uh, passed by it uh, to remember the senator. Uh, Today at the memorial service, California Governor Gavin Newsom, the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris, uh, Mayor London Breed, and other dignitaries uh, remembered Diane Feinstein. Um, the senator uh, had um, a rather tragic start uh, to her career on the national stage. Uh, she was the president of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, which is basically that city's version of a city council. And on November 27th, of 1978, uh, in an instant, she became the mayor of the city after uh, Dan White, a disgruntled and former city uh, supervisor, shot to death Harvey Milk and Mayor George Moscone. And that kind of put Diane onto a trajectory um, for national prominence uh, and, and was a place that she stayed for the rest of her career. Uh, Feinstein, of course, is best known for being one of the early supporters of the ban on assault weapons and the ban and on gun reform in general. Uh, She was um, an LGBTQ ally. She had a kind of a complicated relationship with our community. Um, But at the end of the day, she was still very much uh, a supporter of the LGBTQ community. Um, Her longtime friend who also spoke today, House Speaker Emerita uh, Nancy Pelosi, of course, obviously praised uh, Senator Feinstein for all of her dedication and work. She was the longest serving uh, U.S. Senator from the state of California. And I believe at the time of her death, she was actually the longest serving U.S. Senator. So today was a memorial service in San Francisco and San Francisco bid uh, farewell to Mayor Feinstein. Um, Another story that um, we've been kind of keeping an eye on uh, is we've been looking at, obviously, the Monster Liberty stories that have been spreading across the United States. We now have seven verified incidences of bomb threats against elementary schools and libraries. Um, And again, it's, it's a campaign that has been brought about by Libs of TikTok in a pattern of uh, posts that uh, Chaya Redcheck, the uh, owner of the Libsyn TikTok account, uh, has used. Uh, she basically will put a post up, um, and it inflames people. Uh, for example, on September 15th, she posted a, a picture of a pride flag hanging in the classroom, um, and then she said, why would an elementary school have a massive progress pride flag hanging above student feds all day? And then she labeled Uh, the school, which happens to be a school in suburban Chicago. She has targeted libraries. She has targeted other schools. Um, Alejandro Caraballo, uh, who is a Harvard-trained professor of law, uh, has noted that, you know, every time that the libs of TikTok starts putting schools up there, you know, her digital lynch mob 
goes after the schools and goes after the libraries. Um, it is stochastic terrorism, and, and this is pure and simple by the definition of it. Um, for those of you that are just getting to learn that term, that term means it's a psychological phenomenon in which someone is inspired to act violently in the name of something they perceive as wrong from messages they receive that are designed to inspire such action. In this particular case, the loves of TikTok posts inspire you know, the bomb threats and inspire some of the other things that we've seen. And unfortunately, also, she has very much partnered uh, with Moms for Liberty and some of the other anti-LGBTQ groups uh, and the narrative of going after them. Uh, some of the um, talking points, if you will, are no different than the talking points that we saw basically almost 50 years ago. Um, and it's the same tired point this time, instead of the gay and lesbians being the targets, it's the transgender and the drag. Uh, you know, the problem with this is that uh, I've spoken to police chiefs all over the state of California. I've spoken to law enforcement. I've talked to the FBI. Uh, you know, because she keeps her hands basically clean by just implication alone, Nobody can touch her, okay? So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where um, we're working on trying to make people more aware of just how damaging this is and how problematic this is, uh, and, and it's an ongoing battle and a fight. So we're keeping a we're keeping kind of a weather eye on that situation. Um, I should note also that uh, in light of uh, Senator Feinstein, that uh, Governor Gavin Newsom appointed LaFonzo Butler to uh, Feinstein's seat in the U.S. Senate. This is a significant appointment as uh, Butler is not only openly gay, but she's black. Uh, she's uh, married uh, to uh, a union official back in Washington at one of the most powerful labor unions in the country. Uh, so it, it's good to see, you know, this sort of thing going on. I've actually interviewed uh, Senator Butler previously. Uh, I've actually interviewed her wife. Um, there is a tremendous amount of good that I think will come out of this appointment. So props to Governor Newsom for that. Uh, and then I really the last story I just wanted to cover, uh, and it's only because, Rob, you and I have a connection to this uh, through one of the frequent guests on our show, Marcus King, uh, the HIV AIDS activist, author, writer, and blogger. Um, on Monday, the Philadelphia police were called to a scene in South Philly, um, and unfortunately and sadly, uh, they found a 39-year-old man uh, who had literally been shot seven times uh, dead in the streets of Philadelphia. And what made this a real tragedy for our community is that Josh Kruger, who I also knew, um, was a journalist, a homeless advocate. He was an advocate for the HIV uh, community, and uh, he was actually mentored by Mark, uh, who I spoke to earlier today. Um, obviously, you know, as a mentor and as someone that spent a lot of time with Josh, this is very difficult for Mark. Um, the police uh, now have a person of interest that they're looking hard at, uh, they have not named this person and they have not arrested this person yet, but they are, they are looking at it. 
but uh, it's just one of those things where it's kind of a jarring thing to have a colleague, uh, you know, a journalist, um, you know, shot dead like this in their home um, and, and in such a, you know, violent means and way. So mm-hmm. we are kind of also noting that my condolences go out to Josh Kruger's family, his brother, uh, his friends there in South Philly, uh, my journalistic colleagues uh, at the Philadelphia Inquirer, um, the Philadelphia Citizen, the Philadelphia Gay News, Philadelphia Magazine, uh, and Billy Penn Magazine. So to my colleagues there, express my condolences and on the loss of your friend and on the loss of a very, very fine uh, journalist. And with that, I throw it back to you. Okay, and duly noted, and yeah, our condolences out to all those. Um, so I want to shift gears uh, dramatically uh, from from the tales of tragedy to something much more uplifting. Um, we've had the blessing on the show to have interviewed a lot of very um, prominent musical talents from uh, Belinda Carlisle to David Archuleta to... Uh, producer Barb Morrison, and many others. Um, None have taken quite the iconic spot as our guest today, uh, which is uh, Sophie B. Hawkins. And uh, actually, I'm just going to call Sophie on and let her tell us herself. Welcome to the show, Sophie. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. I am so thrilled to be here. And I've had you playing in my head for weeks now, uh, ever since I, I got the uh, Free Myself album. Um, you well, kind of dialed it back a little bit, back to the 90s when, when you hit the scene. And, um, you know, obviously you had a, a monster hit, um, but you also created, not uproar, but um, people didn't know quite what to do with it when you rightfully just defined yourself as omnisexual, like that was some unheard of thing on the planet. And we've come to really appreciate that it was just an accurate thing. Um, Take us back there. What was that like? Well, it always makes me laugh when you talk about it and smile. So... And I think I think because it was a moment, actually, it was a moment of enlightenment for myself to be faced with John Perellis in this diner in Manhattan. And it was the most important interview of my career because it was right at the beginning of the career. And it was prefaced by Columbia, who then was Sony, that this is the most important interview, the New York Times, John Perellis, and you have to get everything right. But they did trust me um, to have an intelligent interview. They didn't give me any media training whatsoever. So I showed up and he asked me a bunch of questions about my upbringing and my musical influences. And then he just said, are you a lesbian? And at that moment, I thought, well, I have to tell the truth. Um, I had no question that I would tell the truth. But for me, telling the truth is telling the accurate truth. Because I knew my history was sort of diverse. And I had never had a moment where I had said, I'm a lesbian or I'm a heterosexual. In fact, I had moments of growing awareness starting when I was nine years old when I thought I love 
uh, Paul Anacone, who was on the beach in Long Island one summer. He was older than me. I love him so much. I have such a crush on him. And then I literally looked at his mother and said, but I love her too. And, and then I said to myself, and I have the liberty and the great pleasure of being able to love anyone I want and both of them, and I don't have to choose. It was such a great feeling. I was so young. And so then I, you know, I had an amazing, you know, later on in life, in my late teens, an amazing affair with a man that lasted, you know, 10 years. He was sort of my mentor, my teacher. And then um, at some point, a woman seduced me, and I thought that was the most amazing thing, too. And it opened me up a lot emotionally and to my songwriter. So I went from a musician with this man mentor, left him at a certain point, then this other thing happened with this woman, and then it opened up my songwriting um, sort of intuition. I had begun to be a songwriter, but it took me deeper. So then I knew when I was looking at John Perella that I couldn't say all of that and have it make sense to him. So I took the word omni, which is all, also one, and sexual, and I said, I'm omnisexual. And he said, what does that mean? And I said, well, it means that my sexuality isn't limited by my gender or your gender. So in other words, John, if I'm with a man, it doesn't mean I'm straight. And if I'm with a woman, it doesn't mean I'm a lesbian because my sexuality is my creativity. It's my spirituality, my consciousness, and it's tied to me, my soul. It's not tied to my sexual parts. Or, and even more, it's not tied to your sexual parts. So that's where omnisexual came from. And I felt, okay, I, I answered that incredibly honestly, and I can live with that for at least 20 years, you know, being the truth. And it, and it still seems like the truth to me. You want to hear a funny story, Rob? Yeah, my son, okay, so my son came home one day, two years ago. It was just after COVID. His friends came to the house, and they said that they were omnisexual. And they weren't saying it to me, and they had no idea that I had any knowledge of the word. They defined themselves as omnisexual. I didn't even say anything to my son, but I said to my friend, can you believe this? I mean, this is 30 <laughs> years later. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I mean, it is, it is at the core of it common sense really so it and it's it's so i mean the brave part on your part is that you stood up especially in such a crucial business environment where you know it's like this could have been a make or break and you know you were under the microscope especially with the new york times you know so that took just un, unvarnished honest bravery to to stand up and define it but um I'm absolutely a proponent of that on so many levels. I, I am all about our individual uniqueness. I mean, we have markers, our fingerprints, and our DNA mapping are all perfectly unique out of 8 billion people on the planet. We are unique. And yet we turn to things like our gender and our sexuality, and it's like, oh, well, tick off two boxes or tick off three boxes. And it's like it, it makes no really cosmic sense on it, um, which, by the way, you pull all of this up in um, Free Myself, 
um, which yeah. is an incredible piece of work across 10 songs. You, you haven't released things for a decade. Why now? And what, what about these 10 songs pushed you forward? Well, it's such a nice question. Well, I did try to release albums before this. And one thing or another would happen, and then it was COVID. And they had different titles. The albums had different titles, like The Woman with the Sea Dog was one. And it had different songs on it. And really, honestly, Rob, I couldn't get the support. Or at least the support that was there didn't seem supportive enough for me to get the music out and be able to follow it through with the amount of energy that it takes to support an album being out, the touring and the, you know, and the commitment every way. I also had a, I had a baby at 50, so I was, and that was great. So I had Esther, and I didn't want to leave her for no good reason. I really wanted to have a really clear reason to get this album out because 10 years ago when I put out The Crossing, I was so alone. I put it out, really, even my manager had abandoned the project. And I just thought, and I had to record it alone in my studio, play all the instruments, except I would have a few guests in after the tracks were done. And I I just thought, I'll never do this again. I don't ever want to produce, play, write, and do all that, and then have it be so uncelebrated and so difficult. So that was part of it, too. I moved away from California, back to my hometown, New York. I had now another child. And I, and I really wanted to have clarity and, as I said, support. So when... So after COVID, somebody just, somebody literally out of the blue just said, you know, um, I've heard your songs through a friend of a friend of a friend, and I think they're brilliant, and I think you need to put this record out. And I said, are you sure? Because the feedback I've gotten is that I should wait because they're really not as good. And he said, no, no, they're even better. You're just in a new era, and you don't really understand it yet. But these are really Mm -hmm. the new era for you. So then I felt really inspired. And I said, maybe I will. And then I remember telling another friend, I said, you know, I'm going to get this going. I'm going to do this no matter how hard it is. Do not let me say that I won't do this. I'm going to do this. And then that intent just carried me through, you know, really just the hardship. Now it is harder now with, with the way that it is. The digital era is making it so much harder for people to really make a living as, songwriters and stuff but I just kept going and here it is and the reason why there's 10 songs because somebody asked me was I was actually asked to hold two songs back because certain I don't know what they're called like Amazon or something might want these two extra songs for special printings or whatever so that's the answer to that question in case anybody wondered Uh. and also I called these 10 songs from as I said two other versions of two wildly different albums and I really wanted a consistent message. And you are proving to me that it was good that I did that because you seem to have yeah. gotten a very clear, a clear vision of what the album is. And that was, I was helped with that because, you know, every songwriter says they have so many songs to choose from and it is a process to get the right message out. And then you have the support and then you have, the self-commitment, and people pull it all the time. You see artists go out and they go, no, this is too hard, and they go running back in. I didn't want that. I wanted this to be a new beginning for me and for my family and for my fans. 
Well, it's and you talked about it being a new era for you, but it it really does, in my opinion and in my heart, speak to our new era. I mean, and so there is a timeliness because of where we're at. I believe that these are so on target. Um, you know, the uh, the song uh, "Free Me" is like anybody who is you know, gender fluid or identifying as gender fluid, non-binary, you know, and, saying, and trying to embrace that. It's like so much of the lyrics speak to that. Um, you're quickly learning, discovering unknown places. No matter what we are born, we make our own decisions. It's like, whoa, yes, that's it. That is it. Yes, we do. But you got and it. Yes, we should be able to. And, you know, it's like, and it is the thing that is, so infuriating about, and I'm going to use this word, not trying to be dramatic, but the oppression that people are trying to make take hold of holding back, especially these young people who are who are just doing what we've given them, which is to help them find who they are and be that, yeah. and and they have every right to be that. So it's like I just I just found that particular song among, among the others to be incredibly poignant for that. Um, Love yourself. I've heard somebody refer to you or ask you at one point something about your music, quote, unquote, evolution. And it, to be blunt, it made me roll my eyes because I, I just felt that was being minimalizing. You know, it's like your, your original hits and music were iconic and great. And a lot of your work has appeared in a lot of different shows. And, you know, it's like you're obviously part of the fabric of our culture. But I just see this album being a reflection of someone who has lived and showing life experience through the talent, not not an involvement of talent per se. But the song Love Yourself, to me, is full of that kind of mature revelation. Um you know, it's like looking at younger people in the song and yourself and, and you know, love yourself is a common message, but I think you put it in very specific, relevant terms. What, what was the impetus behind the song Love Yourself? The images? Well, first of all, can I just say you're so smart, smarter than I am about my own songs. You got free myself exactly. I could never have said it better. And it is why I named the album Free Myself. And I, I wish that also get what you get because you're just give, it gives me so much energy that you're, you're showing me something. This is about what art is. It's this when you can get it out there and someone like you're hearing it and you're giving it back to me in a certain way. I tell you, it's like clarifying and energizing and it makes me feel good. I'm in Louisiana and it's raining and, you know, it's like who knows when the sound check is and who knows who will be there. It's, you know, thank you so much. Now, about love yourself. What are the images? Well, the only thing is I can say is it's a true story. Um, you know, I went to a party. The folks were fine. This was a party in L.A., by the way. Um, I ate coconut cake. I drank old red, red wine. This is all true. And all on the way home, I thought about life, how so much good is born of so much strife. And when I finally crawled into bed, you would not believe the words in my head. And here's the moment, Rob. 
I could have said, I hate myself, I ate too much, who eats cake and drinks wine, like that, you know. I could have done all these things, and I didn't. The words in my head were, love yourself, and it had never happened to me. I never read, I wasn't at the moment reading a book or listening to a podcast about being kind to myself. It came from my own consciousness, and what was so profound to me was that all the work I had done, you said I've lived a lot, all the work I had done to be able to love myself, love other people, accept myself, and, and, and spread that acceptance through to my audiences, my friends, my family, it was now working. It was unconscious. And this is what I want to say to people. It's not, you know, they say it's not an either or, it's a both and. All the work that you do that's positive will actually add up and someday it will take hold and it will be able to carry you you know it's like putting money in the bank good thoughts and 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 self-love and so and loving other people is like as important as eating the right foods as putting money in the bank as cleaning your room it's more important actually you know yeah, no, absolutely. I love the things that you've talked about in the past of kind of the tying of sexuality and spirituality and how personal that is to an individual. Um, you know, and I often find it's interesting because as I'm talking to people, I find their spirituality as fascinating as their sexuality. You know, it's... Yeah. it's um, and and it's something that people talk the least about. You know, it's like yeah. they'll, they'll tell you who they sleep with. They don't tell you who they pray to. You know, it's like it's it's an interesting thing. And um, I get that from on different levels from from different parts of the lyrics. Your your lyrics in this whole album uh, on each song are. I don't. They're they're profound. But they're moving and they're they're truth telling. And um, it's like I just want to listen to them over and over again because they're they each hit different moods. It's like I listen to a song and it's like it's almost like I kind of want to go. Okay, I need to listen to this when I'm in this mood because I'm going to need to hear this when I know my head is going to take me there. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. But that's, yes, it that's does. What, yeah. But one, one I want to ask you about, so I'm, going to, this is, I'm being totally ADD here, but the, the song Angel in Disguise is, to yes. me, was um, specifically for you a, a song that characterized motherhood. Um, for me, because I'm, I'm like you, I had to keep my kids later um, – I was 45 when I had my two baby boys, and um, but I completely related to Angel in Disguise. Um, tell us about that song and and what was the inspiration behind it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so wonderful to hear that you're a parent, and that makes so much sense with your connectivity to the world. That's interesting. And you know, I had my first child when I was 43. Um, Angel in Disguise, well, I think what actually promoted it or brought, brought it to the fore was I was asked to write a, a song for a movie, and I can't even remember where the movie, movie was, and it didn't get in, but every song I write is 
this um, journey of my mind that's based on truth. So I, it's it's like it's about. It's almost like it was a little bit uh, supposing what was going to happen, and then I felt it more acutely. When I wrote it, I was thinking, you know, what if? And then I started to live the perils of being a single mother with two children a couple of years after. So when I recorded it for the album, I was really happy to put it down and tell the story of, you know, um, it's, well, it's what it says, you know, a mother who could be perceived as doing, you know, being judged for doing awful things to support her children and to keep a roof over their heads and, and to keep moving, but Angel to be able to put herself through it to do it. And so that's sort of the dichotomy is that, and it's like with the news, the newscast that we heard before this is that, you know, some, often the most, the most, sacrificing people and the most the people who take all the hits are sometimes are often the most beautiful and most spiritually evolved people and the most delicate flowers you know and we see them in a certain way because we can't bear to be victims ourselves and we can't bear to be vulnerable it's so scary so we put them down and go oh I wish I wasn't there but then lo and behold Mm -hmm. All of us are there in, on some level of our existence, you know, consciousness, and you understand what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. No, totally. It's, it's, and it, um, I, I do know, especially in the area of parenting, it's, um, it is virtually impossible to do everything. And when we walk into that yeah. in our minds of what we're going to accomplish and everything we're going to bring them, you know, it's like we can't do everything in that scope of that vision. And a lot of times just scrambling to get dinner on, get everybody picked up, you know, deal with this, deal with that, all that together. And they're, you know, I was a tweener. So I, I had both my boys and then my parents were failing. And so I was caught between those two groups of, of people in need and could not do everything perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is, it is, it's a, that's why the, what I was saying before about, you know, the different great things about these songs are, you know, I'm not in that position right now. My sons are now more independent and, you know, I've done what I've done. You know, they're, they're, they're out there and, and, and thrilled to get uh, over the men they are, but I could see, listening to that song on a bad day in parenting and kind of going, okay, yes, this, that's what's really going on. And it just, um, it, it just meant a lot. Um, another song on the album, Better Off Without You, uh, oh, yeah. is, is kind of, uh, you know, and not to compare it, you know, cause it, but it, it, I, I saw it as having some of the same inspiration of why Miley Cyrus's Flowers and um, Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive became yeah. what they became because it is that embrace of of release from a toxic relationship. Um, where where did that come from? Well, you, you're saying everything better than I'm going to say it. 
so you just said it better. But I mean, I'll try but all take I me can add to what you <laughs> Exactly. I would love to. All I can add to that is that when I do perform it, I say to the audience, it's just funny. I say there's nothing better at this age than breaking up. And I hope to have many more breakups because it's so freeing and you learn so much about yourself and to realize you can weather it. You can endure it, and it actually makes you feel more alive. Then, and I said, and if you can relate to the story in this song, then you're going to have the triumph when I sing it that I feel. And if you can't relate to it, then you haven't lived enough yet. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what it is. It's what you said. It's not only released from the toxic relationship. It's released from the fear that you can't survive without this person or this relationship or this superstructure because you know where, whether we're gaslighted or we're in the contr- in the position of unknowingly controlling someone, whatever your story is, when you're released from it, as you said, whether they break up with you or you break up with them or something happens tragic, you just go, oh man, I have now my whole life to begin again to live again. And yes, it was it was really the whole story of Better Off Without You, which is in the song, was really painful, of course. I mean, I was on the edge of life sometimes trying to survive the lies and the, the, the ways that it happened. However, had it not happened that way, I don't think I would have ever left it behind. You know, it had to be that painful for me to really take a look. You know, you talked about spirituality and everything, and I will say one thing about religion, because I've just started going to a community church, basically to be in a community and for my kids to have that that wonderful feeling of a neighborhood community. It doesn't matter to me, honestly, whether it's a church or a temple, but this one happens to be right up the street and everything. So, but one thing I relate to in the stories of religion, they, they talk about stories that are so fundamental to humans. And like, for instance, Jesus Christ was betrayed. And that one of the best things about it is that he was betrayed by his most dear followers and friends, and then he still loves them. And then, he sticks around for us to, mm-hmm. you know, understand the story. And I thought that's the thing is human beings never think, we don't ever think we can get a trail. And we always think it's, 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 it feels so personal. It feels like it's happening to me so badly and so much more. And then when you look out and you go to these community events and you, you know, investigate other whatever group things like religions, whatever, you go, this is actually the story of humanity. So better off without you, it is the story of me kind of coming to terms with a huge betrayal and in a way the spirit, the redemption of that too as well. Yeah, it's, and it, I mean what you just said I think is really true about, you know, it, this is kind of what I was talking about before about when it, I, I felt it was minimalist to, for you to be asked about, quote, unquote, your music evolution when this is about life experiences it's like you don't get this out the shoot you don't get this as you know when you're first dating and you don't get it when you watch a lot of these shows where they're you know mating people together it's like they're you know it's like it is a lifelong lesson and you know it is there's a lot of programming that goes the other direction of you know you have to find somebody else to be made complete and blah 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 blah, blah. it's like no, you don't. You can want somebody else, but you don't need them. You know, you are a complete package, you know, as you are. 
and you know and anybody enrolled into that and connect with that is fortunate um, a companion one uh, song on the album that I saw with that is um, and no big surprise I'm tired of taking care of you which to <laughs> me I've dealt with a lot of people dealing with codependence and dependence and you know all that and nailed it completely nailed it with that that song um, I'm going to assume that there was some a tie between the two, or did they come absolutely. up separately? Absolutely, no, absolutely, absolutely. And we choose—we don't know it, but we choose these relationships to work this stuff out, you know. So, yes, they absolutely go together. And I also love on part of taking care of you. Care of you it makes me smile. And I felt so grateful when both of these songs came out. You know, again, I remember when I played the demo of Better Off Without You, I was in the car and my son, who had lived through this breakup, because he was four and a half, he, I, I was playing it for a friend, just the demo version, and I caught him smiling from ear to ear because <laughs> we had both gone through so much SHID with this, with this thing. And it had completely again it was our it was like a tsunami it had uprooted every aspect of our life and so much suffering on his part on my part but then to send the song to be played in the car and to see that smile I was just like yes and it reaffirms what you said to be a model for our friends and our children or of someone who doesn't need someone to complete them because you're right if anything the thing that completes us, I think, is our spiritual life. I don't think another human does. It's mm-hmm. wonderful to share experiences with another human, and it's fun to have adventures and go through life and help one another and, and fail together and succeed together. All that is wonderful. But at the end of the day, when you really know that you're complete, because they say you're born alone and you die alone. And you know what? I don't think that's a negative thing to say. I think it's like maybe alone isn't the right word, but you're born whole and you can die. Mm-hmm. And that may be the better way. No, I, I, I relate to that on a lot of different levels, even um, uh, the what you just said about dying alone. Um, my folks passed away five years ago. And they passed away within a month of each other. So they were the, one of those long-term couples, lived, you know, best friends throughout their whole lives, you know, and, and kind of that we're going to die together kind of thing. But witnessing it is what you said. Because, yeah, they were, had been in this relationship. They had enjoyed each other for their lives. But I saw each of their own individual journeys conclude with each one of them so i just you wow. you're speaking what what i relate to directly so you know i just i just see so much truth in in everything you've written and the and i'm not even talking about how it's musically presented which is to me extraordinary i love every rift though and one one uh, that i haven't talked about yet that musically completely enraptured me um and but i'll tell you in, in a certain sense i'm i'm caught in a paradox in it um and so this one i've got a true question for you but that is the song fairy tales which i love oh, wow. there's so many different musical riffs in there that 
I just I think are charming and wonderful. Um, but it talks about um, you know what we do, and it's sort of talking about this living a life with fantasy, but this is your happy ending and bring me a happy ending. And so the paradox there is 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 the hap- is the fantasy going to be real? Can we make it real? You know, is is it a fairy tale or is it truth? And the song's kind of upbeat, so I don't see it as being ripping fairy tales apart per se. So there's no, my it's question. not. <laughs> it's a great question, and you know, it's funny about this song because I do see it like visually. I, I I feel like it's cabaret. It's like a version of Joel Gray at, in in the cabaret in the you know. In Berlin, but you know, I also wanted to make a video, and I don't know if I'll get the chance, so I'll just say it here. Like I dreamed of doing it with, um, with okay, so some certain trans artists that I love. You know, maybe I don't want to name them because they might be upset if I name them, but right. just having drag queens and trans artists, we all dress up as different fairy tale characters. And I thought that would be a beautiful, and then you have the, I'll be the Joel Gray MC singing the song. And I thought the thing is, it is true and it isn't unhappy. It isn't unhappy. Living the fairy tale is true. And I can say right now, like even if I took it to stark reality, I'm in a fairy tale. I have my life with my two children my art, and, you know, I'm not the most famous or the most successful, but I'm able to support myself with my work. I'm able to do my art every day. I'm able to go through all my struggles and challenges with a sense of the friends I have and the everything about it, you know, is so real and it's so comforting to have people that you love. And so I would say that at the end of the day, my life is a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And look how weird it is. So or how rich it is. Like I, a, I, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, obviously it's your life, so I'm, and and far be it for me to impose anything on you, but I I see you as having um, survived what others haven't in terms of yeah. you you hit the top, you hit the absolute top, you had the the absolute commercial success, and instead of you know using it as a drug that kept propelling you forward you created something with depth and and important messaging and truth and richness i mean there's a fabric of what i think of when i look at your work that um you know and like i'm way stepping over bounds now but i mean i just i just appreciate it so much i mean i find it very inspiring let me put it that way um thank you but i don't know why that's something to rebalance because that's what we're that's what the goal is for me you know what you're right about fairy tales because it says tell me what you want tell me how you want it and then i say baby let me pull up your treasure so it's not like a predatorial thing or like i'm going to use you and take your money it's really like i'm i'm going to pull up your your treasure this is your happy ending so i think maybe you're right i think you again found something that i was unconsciously going for in this song um, if you tell me what you want, and if you tell me how you want it, and you're honest, and we can get to the depths of it and bring it up into the universe, this is your happy ending. 
And, uh, you know, it's not that I have a vote in this, but I got goosebumps when you described that video. That sounds awesome. I, uh, that just, oh my God, you know, it's like, you know, call RuPaul. (laughs) It's like, it's like, it's like that, that vision. I just, I love it. It, And and knowing the song, it's like, it, it fits so well. And it's like that, that visual overlay of the depth of the song. I, I, you know, I I hope that, I hope that comes into fruition because that, that would be, completely awesome um so i know you just got through touring is is there more touring in the future what are your what are your plans on getting out there well i have you know a second show tonight in louisiana at this festival i'm going to be going to london and i know a lot of my people who have said you're never going to come here during my lifetime and i actually have a gig and we haven't announced it on social media so i said it here first. On November 26th, I'm going to be doing a show in the UK, and it's been so long since I've done a show in Europe, anywhere near Europe. So that's fantastic. And I will have some shows in November on the East Coast. And then I'm going to pick it up in the spring again. But I'm glad you gave me the vote of confidence for getting a hold of RuPaul for fairy tales because why not? I got to get that song to RuPaul and, and uh, find yeah. out how to get a video of it. That's a good idea. Yeah, I, I mean, I just just how you described it, it, it I visually I see it, and it's um, uh, yeah, just just love it completely. Um, so, you know, you're you're touring with this. Are you are you writing? Are you painting? Are you doing new new stuff in the background as we're we're enjoying yes, your current? Yes, 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 and in fact, um, I I I do paint sort of regular regularly. And I have a bunch of new paintings that no one's seen. I, I actually am going to put a video up on YouTube tomorrow, and it's sort of a surprise. It's a cover version of an iconic song by an, by an artist who I love so much. And in the back of it, you'll see two paintings that I haven't put up. So I'm just playing the piano in it. So please look for that. And then um, I'm recording every day when I'm home. I have actually so – this is – not happened to me before, but I have so many new songs that I haven't recorded that I'm actually having to go through them one by one and force myself to go back and record new songs that I had just, you know, written out like on the music paper with lyrics, you know, the old fashioned way, because for a while I was touring and I didn't have time to record and now I'm going to my, you know, I have a studio at home as everyone does. So I'm going through that and that's really exciting and I'm still working on my musical, which I absolutely love. But I think before the musical, before a book or whatever, it's going to be the new music will come out because I have to get another album and I definitely have enough material and I don't want to wait. I want to keep going with the momentum. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like, I just, it's amazing. Your lyrics stand out so much. They, they hit with poignancy. um, And yet they're not like, Oh my God! What the hell was that about? I mean, they're they're not so challenging. It's like you can't get them, but they they've got simple truths that come through and and stand out consistently. Um, incredible, incredible talking to you. Um, and we're we're kind of nearing the end of our time here. What haven't I asked you that we should be talking about? Well, I don't think you haven't asked me anything, and I think. I wanted to mention about the music when people listen to it, 
that they know that it's all real instruments. There's not a synthesizer on there. And in, and also we didn't even use a click track. So it's all real recorded, like live bass, drums, keyboards, and uh, live strings. Everything was really real, and that was intentional. And I don't talk about it a lot, but when you hear the landscape of, you know, uh, cut-and-paste rhythms on music, all the in pop music, this is not that. This is so real, and I want people to enjoy the musicians and look at the credits because it's just so. It was such a great moment, you know, to have to be so be able to be so musical and have and put the money into that and the time into that. Well, it's your your voice is sensational. I, I and we haven't even mentioned that. It's like I I just love the 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 tone itself of your voice. Um, you know, I think I've gone on and on beyond about the, the lyrics and the music is just that warm, wonderful, you know, it's like I hope everybody pulls up, has a big hunk of coconut cake, and, you know, if they're into <laughs> drinking a, a glass of red wine with it and just absorbs it. Because I honestly, it does, and I'm, I'm being absolutely sincere that that I think anybody listening to this album who has some life experience with them, um, is going to hear themselves and hear things that truths that they will relate to, um, and and it's absolutely awesome. Um, the um, the one song that I haven't mentioned that I I kind of saved to last because I kind of want to throw the lyrics literally back at you because this is how I feel about your talent and what you've been to all of us. And it is from the song, You Are My Balloon. I hope you'll always stay my dancer on a string because you are my balloon above a sea of dreams, my lantern in the night, making up a tune on your own jet stream in and out of sight. I will hold your hand and carry you as far as I can. You want, (laughs) you want, need me, uh, and I can't read my own writing, but I will hold on. So flub that up, but I think you got Oh, it says, you won't need me long, but I'll hold on. Yeah, you won't need I couldn't get that statement out. <laughs> no, but yeah. um, thank you for, for being you. Thank you for your talent. Thank you for everything you you brought. Thank you for your bravery, for standing up for not only who you are, but who for other people are who cannot stand up for themselves. And thank you for continuing on. It's, um, it, your work is amazing, and I'm happy to help tell people about it. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And you made me cry just saying those lyrics. Thank you. Oh, well, you, you need to point back to the author. But I just, I just <laughs> simply deliver, delivered them back. But yes, they're sincere. It's like when I heard that song, it's like going, okay, this, this is how I feel about this. I mean, it's, the, it's at the end, for people who haven't listened to the album, that is the last song on the album. And after you listen to the whole album, I dare you not to think the same thing and feel the same way about the artist who delivered that to us. So um, again, thank you, Sophie. Thank you for being you. Thank you, especially for coming on our show today. Um, and thank you for the work that, that you gifted us with. It's, it's phenomenal. Thank Deeply you so much for having me, Ralph. Thank you. Our absolute pleasure.
And Take care that of is, my show when I'm in L.A. I, I will, I'm not in L.A. I'm actually in Northern California right now, but I will oh, fight to get better. there wherever you're there. Yeah. Plus, no, I thought yeah, you, Northern, you were – Yeah, you had, you had toured with uh, Judy Collins, which was like – or did a gig with her, and I was like going, oh, my God, that would – that would be the end of end all of the end all. She's a long term save of mine as well. Well, they, you know what, they had to. She had to cancel that because she had an arm injury. So they're going to reschedule that. So I hope you can come. And when do you I want will, to come, tell me, and we'll get you tickets. Yes, I will. I will fight for that one. Yes, absolutely. I fight to see you alone. But that one, yeah. I'll, yeah like I, I said, I have two sons. I'll sell one. I'll, I'll just sell one. all right but thank you so much and um thank you to our listeners we appreciate you and we do know you're there we're not just talking among ourselves and i want to thank brody for his work on the los angeles blade um and you do want to read that like i said every day and you can find that at losangelesblade.com And as for Rated LGBT Radio, we will be back again next week. I have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about. I just know that you won't want to miss it. So for those of us here, that is it for today. And we will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.